0: Hey guys, Zeno here coming up on A to Z. The change is official. There's more trouble coming from the Hawks. And how much is Dansby Swanson really worth? That's next right here on A to Z. This is A to Z with Mark Zeno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. How did we get here? If you're not the number one pick, guess what? You have no guarantee. That's where you are. And it starts. Does that make me a genius? Yes. Now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you not much is actually changing. Welcome in. We are live here on this Friday, a football Friday. We've got so much to get to here. Uh, there is news with the Atlanta Hawks. What is Dan's response really worth? But of course, we will start with Desmond Ritter and the Atlanta Falcons. But first, reminder to give you guys a follow us on Twitter at LockedOnATL. I'm Matt Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Make sure you guys uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel and then download that Roku tv uh amazon fire stick wherever you get roku tv check out all the shows on locked on sports atlanta okay uh it, it is out uh nfl network reported it yesterday uh i can confirm that uh from my own sources that we knew this was coming uh, for desmond ritter and uh he's going to start against the saints a week from sunday now uh, a couple of things here um you know you as we indicated at the beginning of the week that the winds of change were blowing and Arthur Smith was ready to do this. And, you know, here we are. Um, There there are two things that I'd like to focus on. One is the short term. And in the short term, you know, um, people are starting to already assert what uh, is going to happen and how the Falcons are going to play this and what Desmarais is going to be and this, that, and the other. Um, Guys, The Falcons game plan will not change with Desmond Ritter at quarterback. If anything, they will run more. If anything, they will be more conservative and more likely not to put a rookie quarterback who's on the road in a very hostile environment against a rival in situations that he can make mistakes. Arthur Smith will be very, very careful about that. You'll be very, very careful about what he's going to ask his quarterback to do. I'm not saying he's not going to take chances. I'm not saying that he's he's just going to you know run into the line three straight times and then punt the ball away. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying here is is that you will see a very similar game plan because one, that's the offense that Arthur Smith runs, and two, you know, he is very good about limiting the opportunities for mistakes for his quarterback, and we saw that with with Marcus Mariota. And so Desmond Ritter is now going to take over and Falcons fans are trying to, you know, assert what he's going to do and how he's going to play chill, chill. Just watch the kid play without expectation, you know, and people make the expectation. Well, if you can complete a pass 15 yards downfield, then we'll be fine. And I'm like, yeah, okay. There is that. I I think you're, you're, you're fair for saying that. But I also think that, you know, uh, that's not exactly a bar that you need to clear. Like, I think all you should be looking for is can the kid command the offense? You know, we talked a lot about pre-snap reads, right. uh, With Desmond Ritter and why Arthur Smith sort of deemed that he wasn't ready early on. Uh, You know, and, and uh, I can also confirm that Arthur Smith spent the last couple of weeks throwing a ton of extra crap at Desmond Ritter in practice to get him ready for this, knowing that this was like, you know, at some point in time, he had, he had to get ready for this. So he's been overloading him a little bit with stuff to make sure that he uh, is as ready as he can be. Look, and this is not an easy environment for any quarterback. New Orleans is still one of the toughest and loudest places to play in the NFL. Uh, and as bad as the saints are, it doesn't matter. That that crowd is going to be juiced for the Falcons. It always has been. It always will be. That's just part of the deal. So uh, let's take it easy on what our expectations are. I just want to see him be able to command the offense, look like he's not overwhelmed. I don't mind if he misses passes. Uh, you know, is he going to throw a pick? Maybe. Who knows? It's hard to tell. A lot of things go into interceptions that necessarily have nothing to do with, uh, you know, uh, the quarterback per se, but let's see how he commands it. Now, the other part of this is in the short term is what people are asserting about the long term. And already, they are trying to figure out, you know, well, you know, if this is it, then we, we can draft, a you know, if we get, we got the guy, then we don't have to draft the quarterback. We don't have the guy, not to – settle down. Settle down. Desmond Ritter's going to be on the team next year no matter what. Can't say the same about Marcus Mariota, but Desmond Ritter's going to be on the team next year no matter what. And his position on the team – I would argue, even if the Falcons did draft a quarterback, that Ritter might be the de facto starter going into training camp. Like, Can we not do this thing where we rush to figure out the next three to five years of the Falcon seasons based off of four games from Desmond Ritter? Like, that to me seems, you know, a little bit, I don't know, out over your skis. Just feels that way to me. Like, I'm not sure why we have to have this decision made now. Can just – Take these four games in a vacuum of these four games and not try to make any grandiose assumptions about where this team is and what the future looks like and how they're going to draft people and everything else. Because guess what, guys? There is a legitimate chance that after these four games, you don't really know much more than what you know right now. And oh, by the way, there is an absolute chance that he could stink it up in four games. We don't know. I'm not hoping for it. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying the chance is there. Right? Go look at Josh Rosen's first four games. Didn't go over so well. I mean, not, and again, I I go back to the other examples. Look at Baker Mayfield's first four starts in Cleveland. Thought they had their guy. Where's he right now? (sighs) Winning games in Los Angeles and the Rams. Showing up two days ago. Go figure on his third team already. But that, you know, the point simply is, is, is don't do that. Can you just chill with these grandioses and trying to write the ending of this story before it's even started? Take each game in a vacuum. Take each, each game, put it side by side and compare them. They get better from the game before. Did he get worse from the game before. I have a whole lot of faith in Arthur Smith. I have a whole lot of faith in this coaching staff. And Whatever will be, will be, but if it's anything that I've learned from being around Arthur Smith this year, the guy is really, really smart, and he's very, very calculated, and he is always a step ahead of where most of the other people are around him. You're not going to catch Arthur Smith napping. Those, those things are going – those instances will be very, very rare. You won't see that all that often. And I only say that to remind everybody that he's got this. Arthur Smith has got this, whether Desmond Ritter is there or not. Yes. And is it fair to say that, look, if they get this right, they can be really set up well for the future. For a quarterback you're not paying crap to for the next four years or next, at least the next three years after this year, um, you can really build a team around him in a short amount of time. Yes. 60, 90 million in cap space, whatever the hell the number is. And a quarterback, If they if they figure this out, guess what? Yes, they'll be in good position. That's fair to say, but I wouldn't go any further than that. Like pump it a little bit and just let this thing unfold over the next four games for what it's worth. And we'll figure it out from there. You don't have to uh you don't have to have any any definitive answers by the time this the end of this regular season is there. All right, uh, we got to get to the Hawks here in a moment. First, a word from our friends at BetOnline.net: fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can get news and reviews of every league. NFL. You got college bowl season coming up. Of course, you got Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. Live in game betting, podcast scores. They've got you covered with all of it. Head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that's happening today. Bet online where the game starts. And, uh, if you were betting last night on the Raiders, you were on the wrong side. Don't bet with the public, folks. Bad idea. All right. Um, we get the news that Deontay Murray is going to be out for the next two weeks. And, uh, This is a Hawks team right now that doesn't look good. Let's just leave it at that. And it's interesting because I've sort of pointed this out. And I've pointed it out a lot during the very beginning of the season. Um, And while Trey Young's numbers look very similar to what we'd expect them to. if I told you Trey Young was averaging 27 points and nine and a half assists. You'd be like, yep, that's our guy. You wouldn't be wrong. However, comma, this year, I have pointed out how bad his shooting has been. And it has been bad. And I began to wonder and ponder at the beginning part of this year how much longer Trey was going to put up with this, that his shooting was going to be this bad, before he went to the coach and basically said, I want the ball back in my hands because they brought Deontay Murray in with the expectation was traded and have to be with the ball in his hands That much. He could be off ball. He could play a little bit more defense. And to a certain extent, some of that has happened. The Hawks are better on defense 14th. Uh, as a matter of fact, overall, um, and that's better from 26th where they were a year ago. So there is that, but I wondered how Trey was going to react to the fact that if he kept struggling, what was going to happen now? Unfortunately, we're going to find out because Deontay Murray's out for the next two weeks. And let's see what this offense looks like and everything else. But all this is still coming under the cloud under uh, the fight between Trey Young and Nate McMillan over the rehab of his shoulder. And who knows if there was more going on there. Um, It wouldn't shock me if there was more going on there from the standpoint of it did have something to do with what was going on in the court. Trey wasn't feeling good about his shoulder. Just said, screw it. I'm not playing. I, I think there's more. I shouldn't say that. I feel like there could be more than what we are 100% accounting for behind the Trey Young, Nate McMullen feud, momentary feud, we'll call it. But let's watch over the next two weeks what happens. Because I think this will be very telling. I think that we will begin to see exactly what Trey Young without Deontay Murray looks like and does it look like last year does their defense fall off over the next two weeks let's see if everything reverts back to where it does does Trey Young shooting get better maybe does the defense pay the price for it probably you know and John Hollinger who covers the NBA for the athletic took a deep dive into the Hawks and it was uh I'll call it scathing uh I you know listen it wasn't complimentary I'll say that much. He sort of maligned what the Hawks have done. Um, you know, he said, uh, if if he's going to, if Trey Young's going to perk up this season, now would be a good time to start. The Hawks played their past few games in a roster pickle that has left them virtually devoid of NBA forwards with DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, and Justin Holiday all out the lineup. They've had Bogdan Bogdanovich for only three games. Even at full strength, Hunter and Holiday have struggled mightily all year long. Uh, and then he says, uh, that John Collins is basically a bystander at this point. Hunter has floundered since signing a $90 million extension. Um, The Holiday brother defends, but, you know, Justin is shooting 39.4% and Aaron 41%. Jalen Johnson hasn't been ready. Uh, Two-way wing Jared Culver defends and plays with energy, but can't shoot either. I mean, he was really laying into the Hawks roster construction and the entire team. Uh, and then continues to go on how bad about Trey Young shooting is. It's, I've said it's going to be a problem all year long. We're going to find out. And if Trey gets right, right, and Trey starts to feel better again, you will not see Deontay Murray come back into the same role. Plain and simple. Why? Because what do we do in the NBA? Cater to stars. Plain and simple. That's, that's what we do. And that's what coaches do. And you're going to find out how quickly, how little, uh, how little clout Nick McMillan actually really has. That is where this thing feels like it is headed. That is where it feels like, you know, uh, whatever develops over the next two weeks can easily be a harbinger of what the rest of the season is going to look like. And it ain't pretty. You know, it's been a tough week for Trey. It's been a tough week for the Hawks. Um, And they get blown out by the Knicks. They get a game against the Nets tonight. And I would bet, and I'm just going to take a look real quick here, uh, because I would bet that Trey Young has one of his 35-point nights. My guess is Trey Young looks like he did that night against Sacramento when he had his best shooting game of the year. I'm just kind of curious. I want to see what his point total prop is uh for the game tonight because it might be a little bit lower after the night that he had um Trey young's at 31 and a half i call it a gut feeling think he goes over think he goes over you know I, I just call it what you want if he has a normal shooting night like he did and i keep going back to that night by the way um With the game against Sacramento, because that was like, that was Trey's best night of the year overall. Like, when you look at the games that he's played and how poorly he shot overall, remember, this is a guy that's shooting 28.9% from three. That is not good. For a 35% career three-point shooter, for him to be this low is really, really bad. And when he played that game against Sacramento, that was the night before Thanksgiving. Okay. 11 of 19 from the field fifty seven point nine 7.9%, four of seven from three. And that was the most threes he's made in a game all year long is four. He had 35 that night. So, you know, that's the highest scoring output he's had of the year. I'm sorry. Second highest, but still, you know, it's it's those kind of games that Trey Young has. And let's see where he goes with Deontay Murray out of the lineup and what this team looks like. I think their defense suffers for it a little bit, but I still think overall they are uh, going to be better off offensively and Trey may be better off offensively. I want to appreciate and thank you guys for making Locked on Falcons your first listen with the Desmond Ritter news out there. you got to check out Locked on Falcons for your next listen. Check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. I want to get some interesting thoughts here on Dansby Swanson and what he's really worth. Plus, we'll get some football picks in here before the end of the show. But now it's time for a shovel of wisdom. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the Shovel of Wisdom. Yeah, you know how we do it every day. We have to reward somebody for saying or doing something stupid, and we'll do so right here with the Shovel of Wisdom. You can do so on my Twitter account, at Markzino, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Just use the hashtag Shovel of Wisdom. Uh, and today, uh, my shovel goes to Albania. Oh. I see the country of Albania, um, but also one specific individual whose name I probably am going to butcher and mispronounce. Izmir Small Lodge, Smadj Lodge, Smadj Lodge, whatever. Anyway, let's call him Izmir. Izmir snuck his way into the Olympics. Huh? Yeah. Izmir snuck his way into the Olympics. Uh, a long jumper and two officials from Albania could face bans because they submitted false information that helped the athletes get a spot into the Tokyo Olympics last year. And at the Athletics Integrity Unit said Friday that long jumper Izmir Lodge, an Albanian track federation president, Greg, Greg, Reji Ruli, Albanian names, and General Sec- Secretary Nikolini Dionisi will face disciplinary offenses uh, over a competition held now, Benny, in May of 2021, two months before the Tokyo Olympics, um, Smadge Lodge was named the competition winner with a national record jump of 8.16 meters. Well, according to the Athletics Integrity Unit, that was false information. Smadge Lodge's result wasn't good enough to qualify the Olympics outright, but he got a place under the universality rule that allows countries to send one male and one female to the Olympic track events. Those athletes have to apply... Uh, with their evidence of their technical level and experience of international events to persuade officials to grant them a spot. smag jumped 7.86 meters and failed to qualify for the finals. Well, the uh, yeah, AIU said Albania is one of seven countries on a competition manipulation list, along with Turkey, Uzbekistan, Moldova, Georgia, the country, not the state, uh, Kurskistan, and Armenia. Why are they all from the same part of the world? Cheaters. Cheaters. How in the hell... Did the Olympics even let somebody sneak their way in? Like, shouldn't you have, like, better record keeping? At least I thought they would. What do I know? But, yeah. (laughs) sneak into the Olympics. All right. Um, Major League Baseball free agency uh, is away and running. We talked a little bit about this yesterday. And, uh, well, here we go. Dansby Swanson is still on the market. By the way, the Mets just agreed with a contract of Brandon Nimmo late last night, um, eight year, $162 million. Uh, and they continue to stack up players as do the Phillies. Look at this. You know, when you're trying to figure out what the Braves are worth, Trey Turner, okay. Got $300 million from the Philadelphia Phillies. um, You know, uh, Xander Bogart's got $280 million as a free agent. I guess the simple question is Is uh, Dansby Swanson not worth half of that? Right? Like, objectively, let's look at this. If those guys got 10 years and 11 year deals, okay, and they got $300 million and $280 million, are you saying to me, that Dansby isn't worth 14 or 15 million, like 150 million a year over six years? Because that would be the simple math of the whole thing. It, it was $100 million that they turned down, that, that Dansby turned down. Uh, I think the counterback was 120 uh, from Dansby's folks. And then the Braves said no thanks. Uh, and Now you're in a situation here where the guy wants 20, 30 million more than that. And and the hangup for the Braves is one year. Isn't this the same reason they lost Freddie Freeman? Right? Like how are you going to repeat the same mistake? If what got Freddie Freeman away from you was one extra year, now you're going to let Dansby Swanson walk out the door again for one extra year. I mean, from a market standpoint alone, Dansby is worth half of what those guys, what Trey Turner and Xander Bogart signed for. And if Carlos Curry is going to get $300 million, objectively, as maybe the fourth or, let's say, fifth best shortstop in the the league behind those guys, call them top, let's just call them top seven or eight. If those three guys are are top three, uh, and you put Dansby at six, call them top, top six, isn't he worth half that? Like, just objectively based off of numbers. Because it feels like he is. And the fact that the Braves are stalling over a sixth year feels like a bad position. And, yeah, aren't the numbers very similar to what um, Freddie Freeman wanted and got? You know, I mean, like, I feel like we're making – the same mistake all over again. You know, um, Freddie got five years, $162 million. And essentially, Gansby wants six years for $150 million. What are we doing here? Like, you let Freddie walk out the door because he wanted a six-year and you only wanted to give him five. And he's older, so that makes sense. I get it at that point in time. You know, Freddie Freeman was thirty two uh and Dansby is twenty eight. So you know, I mean I, I don't know where the disconnect is in the front office. This is perplexing to me. The more you start to dive into this and think about it objectively about where this thing is. Uh yeah. Make it make sense. Stop haggling over the sixth year. And and maybe organizationally the brave say, look, if we do a six year contract, you know, once we're gonna start to do it for everybody. Okay. I mean, welcome to Major League Baseball, folks. This is how contracts go in this sport. And the Braves could say they don't want to play, and Alex Anthopoulos will figure it out, and he'll make it work because he always does. But as we've talked about all week long, replacing that dude is hard. Forget the production. Just replacing that dude who is the fit, the right fit in this organization is really hard. Very, very hard. All right, before we get out of here for for today and the weekend, um, let's get to quick some NFL games that uh, I am on this week. Top of the list, New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Jets are getting nine and a half points. It is unreal. I know it's a revenge matchup. Bills dropped the earlier uh, contest between these two teams. But for the Bills to be laying this much, uh, we're still overvaluing the Bills in the marketplace. Uh, And – The Jets have one of the stingiest defense in the league, and you're giving me that defense getting nine and a half points, uh, especially when the Bills failed to cover, is more than a touchdown favorite against the Jets, the Lions, and the Packers already this season. Bills have not been a great cover team. Um, I think they're four and eight against the number this year. I'll take the Jets and the points. Um, Give me the Tennessee Titans here. What feels like a must win spot for them? You know, their grip on the AFC South is still pretty firm. They're not going to lose the division. They just fired their GM, so things seem to be a little bit panicky, if you will. But this is a must win spot. After losing the last two games, um, and despite the fact that Jacksonville's remained competitive, Derrick Henry has beaten up the Jaguars as of late. He's reached at least 130 yards in three of the last four games against the Jags. I expect a heavy dose of him on Sunday. He's been shut down the last two weeks, been held out of the end zone. Don't necessarily love laying the extra hook at three and a half here, but uh, with uh, Trevor Lawrence banged up after his game last week, uh, I expect uh, the Titans to to take out some physical revenge on the Jacksonville Jaguars and beat them handily. Slight lean, by the way, to the New York Giants as well at home, as long as you get the number at seven against Philadelphia. Um, Philadelphia has not been uh, great this year against the number, just one and four on the road. Giants are 9-3 and three against the number uh, overall. Finally, one of my favorite plays of this week, and this one feels really, really sharp to me, uh, is Carolina on the road in Seattle. You know, Seahawks making a playoff push. they got this great offense, but this is a Panthers team that's rounded into form uh, on defense. Over the last three games, they've allowed just 11 points per game and have sacked the opposing quarterback 11 times over the last three games. Sam Donald was efficient last week. He'll see more success on offense this week, and so will Donta Foreman against the second-worst rush defense in the league. Um, I know the Seahawks are good on offense, but they've been corralled by good defenses this year. I think Carolina does that. Uh, I would take Carolina plus to 4.5 and, and sprinkle a little bit on the money line as well. Oh, by the way, Army-Navy, this weekend, enjoy it. It is absolutely the best college football game of the year. Don't at me. Uh, I don't care what you don't like about the triple option. It is absolutely amazing. Go Army. Beat Navy. That said, I think Navy wins this one and covers the spread. Uh, don't say that out loud to anybody because I don't want to say that. But um, just go enjoy it. I hope Army sings second. We'll be rooting for the Black Knights all the way. Uh, they could become bowl eligible with a win here. Giggity, giggity. So let's go Army. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy all the football. Uh, and we'll be back on Monday for another edition of A to Z. You guys have a great weekend. Don't take the crap from anybody. See ya.